Hi, Supergirl Radio. Hi, Rebecca, Carly, Morgan. It's Greg H. again. This time I'm calling in for feed uh, for feedback on issue number three of Supergirl the Rebirth. This was a dark issue for me. Um, but right quick before I jump into that, just want to talk about something I noticed about Cat Grant's conversation with Ben. Ben, uh, well, Cat wants to know why Kara is not, you know, in the office for her second follow-up with Cat. And, you know, Ben tells Cat that Kara has family in town, a cousin, um, who's visiting and, you know, she's spending time for cousin. But the thing that I found that kind of struck my attention is how Cat immediately refers to her cousin as a male, as a guy. Um, you know, of course, Ben just referred to her cousin as being a cousin from the Midwest. Never said her, you know, never referred nor made any mention to suggest it could have been a guy, could have been a female. But Kat just automatically assumes it's a guy, uh, who's her cousin visiting from the Midwest after Ben told her that. And, you know, Kat says, okay, that's fine. That's a good excuse. She'll just game it out and, you know, go from there. But just going back to what made the book very dark. Uh, when Kara arrives on, what's this, Argo City with Eliza, uh, everyone has red eyes. There's a lot of red eyes everywhere. So many red eyes that it just looks like a horror book after a while. Um, if someone's eyes aren't red, there's red lasers coming from their eyes. Uh, very dark, um, just, just dark. At least for me for a Supergirl book. And just the ending with all the, uh, Robots flying away with Cyborg Superman definitely ends on a good cliffhanger, so I'm looking forward very much to seeing what happens on the next issue. All right, thank you for listening to my feedback, and I look forward to giving you more on issue number four. Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number three, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled and inked by Brian Ching. The description for this issue reads, Reign of the Cyborg Superman Part 3. At last, Supergirl returns to Argo City. But when Kara Zor-El arrives back to her childhood home, a grim discovery awaits, courtesy of the cyborg Superman. Supergirl must battle for the fate of not one, but two worlds, as yet another face from her past returns to stop her. So uh, this, 
issue had some very interesting developments, um, and one of them was that Argo City was a real place that Supergirl could go to. I don't know about you, Morgan, but I was a little surprised. I kind of maybe thought Cyborg Superman was just kind of making stuff up. <laughs> and I kind of thought that like it was like it was something like Argo City is in your heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was like in her mind, and like she just have to like you know I don't know like kick her heels together to like you know envision it or something i didn't think it was like going to be like an actual place in outer space that she'd have to fly to (laughs) yeah (laughs) my mistake she had to go to space uh so what did you think about argo city and 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 what we discovered there well first of all i like that like jeremiah and eliza were like this seems like a terrible idea and she's (laughs) like Sure, but. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that what a teenager would do? I I feel like that might be character correct for a teenager. Yeah, I feel feel like that was very character correct. She was like, I'm hearing you, but what I'm going to do is the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still going to do it anyway. But I love that. I love that Eliza went with her anyway. Eliza was like, you're going to do this dumb thing. Can't (laughs) stop you from doing this dumb thing but I'm going to come with you anyway. You're not getting rid of me. Um, that was, I, I really liked that. I thought that was like a good character moment. Like she, they've really adopted this like persona as her earth parents and they really care like what happens to her. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little surprised that she was in space, like actually going to like Argo city. Um, almost as surprised as she was when she saw like, Oh, it's real. Like there's just like a huge, I think it's on page. Um, let's see what page this is on page six where like her like shocked expression. And then you turn and the next page is like this huge, like, I don't know, like a two page spread of Argo city, just kind of floating there, uh, under this dome. And, um, I was I, I was pretty surprised that like I mean Jor uh, Zorel don't play like yeah he, he says he's gonna bring back this uh, Argo City he's gonna bring back Argo City <laughs> yeah he brought it back with buildings and technology and people so he managed to really recreate it for you know something that was recognizable to Supergirl so uh, you know I mean kudos to him he had a dream. And he, he, he fulfilled it. Um, so way to go after your dream, Cyborg Superman. Well done. It's, it's funny because we, we just talked about um, the last issue and how creepy Cyborg Superman looks. Um, and I, so I have that, like, that picture of like, the two cheeks like, that are all like, kind of like uh, gross and like, just metal. And I, I was looking through this issue and I realized like his face looks completely different as does his body. I feel like they should have possibly like figured out a cyborg Superman look and then stuck to it. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's playing with the look. Maybe uh, but it's possible. I was just thinking as I was speaking about this, that he did blow up. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> he has recreated himself, so I guess. Randomly. It happened so randomly that I probably forgot about it. But yeah, I guess this is his like recreated version. He's like, no, this time I'm going to go for more of a Terminator Phantom of the Opera look. <laughs> <laughs> he's switching it up. But that's a good he question, is, keep though. Keep it fresh. <laughs> keep, it, keep it fresh. 
Um, but that's a good question, though, because there there was a lot of an issue, too. There was a lot of questioning of, is he really Kara's father? Is this really Zorel? And he did. You're right. He blew up, and now we're seeing him again. So how did that happen? <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I, I guess he just exists as this technological being who can, like, recreate himself. I don't understand how that works. Maybe he's just like, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, and maybe he had versions of himself that were drones. Maybe he did have multiple copies of himself that he just sent out somewhere. And so maybe maybe those those other copies weren't as, you know, glamorous and, and uh, you know, model quality as, as he is, really. Um, and so they look a little different. Um, so that's that's a great point that I didn't consider that <laughs> somehow there is a new one who looks different now. Uh, that's very interesting. I'm gonna have to think on that some more. Um, but yeah, I did like this with Eliza that she uh, she kind of goes with car to space. Apparently, Eliza can fly a spaceship. That's good information to know. Um, that's <laughs> what very... can't Eliza do? <laughs> well, and that seems to be a very Danvers family thing because at the end of season one on the Supergirl TV series. Oh, that's right. Alex randomly can fly uh, a Kryptonian space pod. So I guess that's just what they do. They're good at that. <laughs> um, and I liked not only the development of Eliza in this issue, but... I feel like over the course of these couple of issues that we've been looking at, you know, Carr really starts off not knowing how to feel about the Danvers and not really appreciating them. And in this issue, I felt like I got a little payoff to that because she has this great speech that maybe, and maybe she says this to try to talk them into letting her go into space to find Argo City and meet up with her cyborg dad. Um, but she says this kind of nice little speech. She says, I did not know what to expect when Chase assigned you as my parents. You were given an impossible job. Even if, even if it has not been perfect so far, you keep trying. And she says, I appreciate what you do and how hard you, work, how hard you both work. And I was like, that's really nice that Kara appreciated them and told them that she appreciated them and realized that what they're doing on their end is not easy. Like it's when she when she says it's an impossible job, it kind of is. There are the adoptive parents of an alien with superpowers. <laughs> so I I really I thought that was a nice little bit for Kara to really kind of take that in and understand what they're going through from their point of view. Yeah, I really like that as well, especially because we talked about it in one of the previous issues that like Carr was kind of being a brat um, to the Danvers and, you know, not for no reason. Like there's obviously a lot that she's going through, but at the same time, it's like not their fault and they're trying to help. And so it was really nice to see her say like, listen, I know this is kind of a thankless job and like, you don't know what you're doing and I don't know what I'm doing, but I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nice to, you know, uh, every now and then encourage somebody and, and tell them that you appreciate them. I, I think that's a, a good policy to have. So I'm, I'm glad that Supergirl, that Kara was um, exemplifying that. And um, so we, we sort of mentioned Argo City, but one of the things that I, I don't think we talked about so far is that we do meet another member of Kara's family. So it's not just Zorel who's in this new Argo City. We find out that Allura 
is there as well, or at least the cyborg Allura. I don't know if that's how we're going to refer to her. But um, so what did you think about that, Maureen? What did you think about seeing her there? Uh, that like blew my mind. It, when you when we see her at the end of the last issue, I really thought, again, I like really thought it was like a dream or like, I don't, I don't know, like some sort of like, it, that it wasn't real, that it wasn't like happening in like an actual physical location. And then in this, in this issue, you see like actual Alora just like standing there. It's, it's so creepy. And, um, and, and so heartbreaking too, in the, the one page, I'm going to find where it is uh, on page 13, when she like goes to see her mother and she like puts her hand out like on her face and like there's just nothing going on back there like behind yeah. the eyes like she's just got her like red eyes staring for it and Kara realizes like this isn't my mom this is just like some robot that looks like my mom and it was just it was really upsetting it was, it was so sad um, and I, I think you could really understand like her anguish and like how she sort of flips out like right after that is just like I'm blowing everything up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this this is the first time that you know. I mean, we've seen Supergirl fight Cyborg Superman, and he's been sort of uh, threatening a little bit, but this issue, like, he turned up the villain level to 11 like he like he cranked it up because it is disturbing what he's done he thinks because Kara and and this is a legitimate thing Kara says you know I'm not happy here on earth and this was back when she first kind of went in with the Danvers and was having trouble um acclimating to earthly culture and all that stuff and so she she didn't kind of want to be there. And so Cyborg Superman's like, hey, I heard you with my one good Kryptonian ear, and I heard you were <laughs> unhappy about this. That was one of my favorite lines, by the way, <laughs> in the whole thing, with my one good Kryptonian ear. I was like, what happened to his other? Oh, God, don't ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's some sort of cyborg part now. Um, so I, I think that Cyborg Superman, for all of his villainous ways, he thought he was trying to do what was best for Kara because Kara was unhappy and he was trying to make her happy. And so he re rebuilds Argo City and with it, he takes everyone there and like revives them. And it's so, to me, this is kind of sick what he's done. Like he says, my, te my technology raised their bodies and they have minds, but they lack the spark of life. And um, and even Supergirl says to Cyborg Superman, she says, you know, these things aren't alive. You've perverted our people's bodies, and it's not right. And I was just like, oh, this whole thing is just so gross that he, it's, it's it, what I get out of this is that he's, he's actually taken their dead bodies. I don't, this might be a little sick. Uh, a little morbid to talk about. But it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Morgan, if you think something different, that he's taken their bodies, that they are dead. He's almost like zombified them. So he's taken their dead bodies and just kind of technologically put something in them to make them have the memories of the people before, whatever. So he's he's given them bodies that work now, but there's no, there's no life there. And so that just 
it's something about I, I'm a Supergirl. I'm like, that is not right. That is gross. What you've done is unnatural. <laughs> you know, yeah, this like, is it weird. It just seems like he just like cyborged up everybody, but and like implanted their memories. But like they don't have souls. Like they don't have spirits in them. They're just kind of standing there, staring with their creepy red eyes. Like I mean, even if like he manages to like pull off this evil plan like like Kara's gonna have to like spend like the rest of her life like with these creepy like (laughs) cyborg red-eyed monsters basically like it's it's so creepy like the whole this whole this whole thing is so like disturbing yeah it's it's weird because I think for Kara and it, it probably bothers her a lot like I was just trying to think of her point of view like she's missed her home she's missed her family and this you know in cyborg superman's eyes he was like this is what you wanted but it's not really it's not really and so i i think this is this is uh wrong on so many levels so many levels um but it it makes him a good villain i think for for him to have done what he's done and not only did he um kind of mess with kara's kryptonian mother He's also now uh, kidnapped and is threatening Eliza. What, what do you think about why they need Eliza Danvers? Oh, I was so upset when when that happened. And, uh, you know, you see Eliza and you're like, no, you know something bad is going to happen to her. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with that because it already looks like she was hurt. And it's it looks like their plan is basically to, like, kill everybody on earth or use everybody on earth in order to power their like creepy kryptonian uh cyborgs um so i'm not really sure what his exactly his game plan is but i feel i'm so worried about eliza yeah i i think she's sort of their guinea pig their their test to see if this is gonna work and I um I know I talked about with issue two that I wish that they had played with the father parallels in that issue, um, but I think issue number three did a good job of the maternal parallels. Um, there's a a, a really strike a, a really um, a really great image in in terms of the way it's composed and the way it's drawn on page twenty, where it's a panel of cyborg Allura carrying Eliza, who is like unconscious and and kind of knocked out, and and that's really to me that that image was probably the the best one in the issue because it was just so like the parallels were so the in in the contrast i guess in some ways are, are so strong between the two of them and what's going on between the kryptonian mother and uh, the cyborg mother and the earthly mother who's trying to save car and trying to do the best thing for her um so i really like that image a lot and i i thought it was it's interesting to me kind of what cyborg superman is trying to do like he says that he can give these you know quote monsters and you know supergirl calls all of these um, cyborg Argo City citizens, monsters, and he says that he can um, he can fuel their machine hearts with what he calls the Odic Force, which is kind of the raw raw ore of life, is what he calls it, and it can be refined from certain organic species. So I'm assuming he's talking about humans. I'm assuming he's talking about Eliza. So. 
somehow he wants to use Eliza to try to give these cyborg people, like, you know, like souls, like you were talking about. So I, in some ways, I think that that's an interesting plan from a villain perspective, that he, he thinks that by getting rid of one race of people to save another is a good idea. So, uh, so he, uh, he's, he's really, in this issue, I'm like, okay, this guy is a good villain. This cyborg Superman, he's creeping me out. He's gross. He's twisted. He's doing terrible stuff. A plus villain. So at least on the cyborg Superman parts of this issue, I I really liked because he's, he's really pushing Kara to some really, you know, pushing her to the edge in, in terms of what she needs to do and what decisions she needs to make. But now she's kind it looks like she's sort of incapacitated and she's just going to have to watch this go down. So I'm, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen to Eliza. I know me too. I just don't want anything bad to happen to Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't seem like they have any DEO reinforcements, which I'm like, come on, you need to tell, I know. Some, tell somebody so you're going stressful. to space. So stressful. You need some, you need, you need some backup. So we'll we'll have to see what happens next time, but um, yeah, left on a good cliffhanger. And um, so, what did you think about uh, the art in this issue? Did you have any images that you liked, or the, the way anything was drawn? Yeah, I definitely. I think I, I I mentioned this before, but the page thirteen where she sees her mother. I don't know if it's for the first time. It might be. I think, uh, or or he's talking about how like his plan for you know restoring everybody and she kind of goes up to her mother and she's like mom and like you know puts her hands around her 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 face and sees that they're just basically just standing there like a robot um i i really liked the way that they sort of pushed in on that like you start from the the panel and she, you're very far away from like the three of them and then it pushes in on just Kara and Alora and then a little bit, and then it pulls out again to show you, like, um, Cyborg Superman coming back. And I, I just thought that that page was very effective. I think that was probably my favorite in the issue because, I mean, there's nothing more heartbreaking than, like, losing somebody and then kind of getting them back and then realizing, no, this is not them at all. Yeah, it's really – that would really mess with your emotions, I think, to – to have that so close and then it be yanked away again in, in such a really, you know, uh, very disturbing way. Um, and I, I would agree with you. I think that page um, really did a great job of, of showing the emotion of what Carl was going through in that moment. And I thought it was really interesting because um, we get a nickname for Kara that Alora used to, to call her. Um, I, I guess it's Kara Nizu. Uh, oh yeah, Karanizu, something like that. I don't know how you would pronounce it, but um, so that was kind of you know new information, uh, you know specifically for this comic series that Alora had like a little nickname for Kara, and I thought that was kind of cute. And so like even though Kara previously in the story kind of didn't want her her mom and her aunt to call her that because I guess she felt like she was too big for that nickname. Um, but when she sees the cyborg Laura, she references it and wants her mother to call her that because she knows that, you know, that would be my mom if my mom called me that. So that, I think, even added to the heartbreak of that scene is that she she wanted to be so close to her Laura, but she, you know, still couldn't 
get that close um, just because the cyborg wouldn't even call her that. So, yeah, that was that was very, very heartbreaking. Um, and in issue two, I talked about how I didn't really understand the stuff that was coming out of Cyborg Superman, like the little strips of metal or whatever it was, because, like, <laughs> it didn't make any kind of sense. I was like, what is that? And then in this issue on page 17, the the weird parts that I didn't understand come off of him and trap Supergirl. And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad that those had a function because I was so confused about why they existed. So I was at least glad to see a little payoff there about um, what that was there for. So I, I thought I thought that was, at least it answered a question for me. So that was good. Did those come off of him? I, I, I thought assume- they just kind of popped up from the ground because then oh. like later on she's like, in a cage of those like metal strips. Cause like n- now I w- was thinking like, Oh, maybe, uh, Oh, that makes sense. But then I was like looking very, <laughs> very you specifically know, maybe- harder than anyone would look at these panels. And, uh, and I'm seeing like, you know, they're fighting. She's kind of got both of his hands. Yeah. And then all of a sudden from beneath her, these like strips of metal come up and grab her, but they don't seem to be, I don't know, did he maybe, like, throw down his, like, weird metal strips, and he's like, go, my children, go. Well, maybe now that now that you mention it, maybe you're right. I guess I just assumed, maybe it was because I wanted an answer to that. <laughs> we, and I we was, wanted it too badly. I, maybe I read into that, but you're right that the bottom of the panel, it does look like it's coming from the bottom. Well, shoot. Now, now, I'm, back yeah. to, now I'm back to, I don't know what those are for. Um... I don't know. That's that's a good question. Maybe those are just I don't know. Maybe they just I don't know. That I'm dwelling on this weird part of Cyborg <laughs> Superman's body way too much. Um, We're never gonna give this up. <laughs> this is this is a mystery that needs to be resolved. It may be uh one of the uh unanswered questions uh of all time. Uh but yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I'll I'll have to I'll have to think about that some more because I was just assuming Oh, maybe that part that I didn't understand, maybe that has a function now. Now I'm questioning it. All right. <laughs> Back to the drawing I board. I ruined that for you. I'm so oh, sorry. Come on, Morgan. Let <laughs> me have this so one tough. thing. One thing. That's all I'm asking. Um, so what were your overall thoughts about issue uh, number three of Supergirl Rebirth? I think I like this one more than issue number two. I feel like... At least there's some momentum going on the story. Like, it's probably not the way I would have chosen to start out the Supergirl run. Uh, We talked about it in the last podcast, but I think I would have focused more on, like, establishing her and setting her up before jumping into, like, such a big emotional story that comes from her, that draws from her past. Like, I would set up her present first before diving into her past. But with that said, like, now that we're in the story, I'm interested to see where it goes. And there's some, like, really big stakes already, um, which, again, is another reason why I kind of wish that they had set everything up. Like, I love Eliza because I love Eliza from the show, and I have all that emotional investment already in Eliza. But in issue three, I don't know how much investment you, like, really have in her. Um you know, obviously you don't want anything to happen to her, but 
I, if this had been, you know, maybe issue like five or six or something, I can imagine how much more worried and freaked out you would be, uh, versus this being like happening so fast in the run. So, uh, but I, I am enjoying it a lot more now. I think that now that the, the plot is kind of like kicking into high gear, um, I'm interested to see where it goes. And like, it seems like all of the creepy cyborg Kryptonians are now like zooming towards Earth, which is like not good. <laughs> no, that that does not bode well, uh, especially with Supergirl trapped. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. By, what, by whatever those metal things what, <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, but yeah, no, I would agree with you that wasn't crazy about issue two, but issue three at least had some things that started to add up uh, with what was happening and, and sort of gave out, you know, <laughs> the villain's plans. And, and now we understand what's happening, at least to a, a certain degree. So. I, I definitely did enjoy this one a little more. And I would agree with you about the Eliza point that you brought up, that if they had spent more time developing Eliza as a character and, and the relationship between Eliza and Kara, I think it would be much stronger. I think they did a decent job. I think um, the writing at least kind of made an effort to show that Eliza was trying with Kara and that... Um, Jeremiah and Eliza were trying to be her parents, but I think in, in some respects, I think there could, you know, there, there could have always been more that they had done uh, with that. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think I'm, I'm now curious to see what happens. So I think that's a good thing. You always want to, you know, finish an issue and, and want to see the next one and find out what happens. So, um, in that regard, I think that was good. Uh, well, that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number three. But before we wrap up, we have an email about Supergirl Rebirth from a listener named Kate. She writes, quote, one thing I like about Supergirl Rebirth is that it reiterates what we sense on the show. That Supergirl's story is about the resilience of the spirit in the wake of horrific tragedy and loss. We've seen in Rebirth that Zorel may have loved his daughter dearly, but he was not always a paragon. Interestingly enough, Kara on the CW show also has to come to grips with the fact that her parents, while they loved her, were not only imperfect, but their mistakes carried severe consequences for all of Krypton, unquote. So I think, um, I think that's a great point that, you know, e- even if I have issues with some of, of this comic series, there, there is uh, an aspect of uh, Supergirl's story and her character in, in what we're reading that I've always been drawn to in the fact that Kara has to overcome so much that she loses all of her people and her parents and her friends and her family, and she has to start over and she she has to you know get used to a new world and that's one of the things I love about the Supergirl character and and we do see that um, a, a little bit in in this comic series and especially this issue. Yeah, that's a really interesting point too because um, the mid season finale was all about like how. She had to deal with her father and that he messed up and had created this this virus and stuff. So it's interesting that the the comic is is exploring very similar like ground. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the essential traits to the Supergirl character is, is kind of just overcoming adversity and overcoming tragedy and loss. So uh, I'm glad to see it here in, the, in this uh, series as well. And... 
If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl Rebirth number three is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And you can also listen to us on Spotify. We have a Supergirl Radio playlist there. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And as far as giving us ratings and reviews, you can do that on iTunes and Stitcher. And we're part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, subscribe to our DC TV Podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid, switching it up there. And uh, you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Although, who knows if at symbols are even uh, required anymore. Twitter is just confusing me (laughs) to no end anymore what is 2016 can it be over already (laughs) (laughs) it's it's close we're almost there a new year is upon us um you could also find some of my writing on buddy tv and i'm also one of the co-hosts of the legends of tomorrow podcast well and uh on that note thanks for joining us as we read supergirl rebirth